0: This is Pastor Pete. My prayer is that this message you're about to hear will help you to understand and experience God's love and power regardless of what you may be going through today. God bless you. This is good. This is good. This is good. I want to show you a video quickly. Um, we're, We're still going through the series in Genesis and God wants to speak to us Once again, as we're looking through the book of Genesis, we're actually in Genesis chapter nine this time. Was the video I want you to see? that has to do with the realities of this world we're living in. And it has to do with a frog. So those of you who have done experiments with frogs, don't worry. The frog that you see in this video is not going to die. For some of you, you say, oh, I love the frog. I don't want you to worry. It's just an illustration. Of sometimes what happens to us in a very wicked world take a look at this
1: a frog is a cold-blooded animal and humans are warm-blooded so our body burns energy or perspires so it's a cold blooded animal 98.6 degrees so I don't know if you can the hear it very clearly frogs body temperature goes up and down with the temperature of its surroundings Although frogs love water, when I hold it over this pot of boiling water, this frog is very uncomfortable. Okay, it does and not like boiling water. First. You
0: cannot put it in boiling water.
1: The water in this pot is room temperature. So that's cold, 69. that's 4 room degrees, temperature water. So he's comfortable when I put him in. If I turn the burner on low flame, uh,
0: poco, his body poco. temperature will adjust. Poco, 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 and slowly little by little
1: he heat up with the water. The water temperature has risen to 80 degrees and the frog is the same temperature and still comfortable. If I turn up the burner slowly again, he won't notice because he'll continue to change to be the same as his surroundings. When we started, I held the frog over the first pot of boiling water. Little he by was little. uncomfortable and he tried to get away from the heat. But now, because we're raising the temperature slowly, He doesn't recognize the danger he's in. He doesn't even realize he's boiling to death. He doesn't know it. Eventually, we can turn up the burner to a deadly boil. He will just keep trying to adjust with it. By the time he realizes it's killing him, it's too late. He won't notice the time because he just keeps changing himself to go along with the changes in his surroundings.
0: Okay, that's good. See, no frogs were injured in making this. <laughs> so for those of you, some of you may have gotten hungry when you saw this. like, "Wow, Como sabor, como pollo. No, no, son no But we need, to under, we need to understand blessings and covenants. We're going to do that in this world. We can become like a frog in, a boil, in boiling water. Slowly but surely, we become deceived about what is really a blessing and what isn't a blessing. And sh- slowly but surely, we will start to say, oh, that's a blessing. Oh, that's not a blessing. And we get further and further away from the will of God and our minds it's like we our minds get darker and darker and we start to compromise more and more we start to listen to Jesus a lot less and we slowly start becoming more like the world more like the world until we come to a boil it's like we're slowly coming to a boil And there's a way that seems right to man, but it leads to death. We start to compromise more and more. We start to see things on TV and say, well, I guess that's not bad. Maybe that is a blessing. I will give you an example. Sometime in the 80s, early 80s, in comparison to the, like, 1995, 1980, 1995. Shows on television that talked about homosexuality, it increased 2,000%. That's how much people were becoming so accustomed to seeing sin. It was like the, the, the frog in boiling water, the frog in the room temperature water, and slowly but surely the frog doesn't even realize what's happening. And you can walk down Chapultepec, right down the street, and you see two women holding hands. And after a while, when you see it the first time, it's like, <gasps> and then it's like, oh. and then you start to think, well, it's, it's not really that bad, is it? Everybody's doing it now. It's like the, the, the frog, room temperature water, and slowly gets hotter and hotter, and you don't even realize it. And then we start to misunderstand what blessings are, what covenants are. We get confused. And then if a preacher gets up and says, this is sin, this is wrong, we, our minds are programmed now to say, he hates them. He hates sinners. But it is possible to hate sin but love the sinner. We should love the sinners. Jesus came to die for sinners. And one day when Jesus met this lady who was in adultery, he said, where are your accusers? Those who want to condemn you, where are they? And Jesus said, I don't condemn you. But then Jesus also said, go and sin no more. He told her it was sin. He didn't say, oh, it's okay. Sin is okay. He told her it was wrong, but he still showed mercy. This is why the Bible talks about mercy and truth, grace and truth. We have to share the truth, but when we start being deceived about what is the truth and what true blessings are, we can get real. We start to We start to accept things just like that frog. Slowly, our mind is starting to get destroyed. Our relationship with Christ is starting to, we start to get away from the truth. And we don't even realize it. And then we start to accept things. Just because the president says it's okay, just because our teacher in the university says it's okay, we start to accept. Just because the TV shows say it's okay. Okay. Blessings and covenants defined. Look with me in Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9, please pray for me. This message has been heavy on my heart all week, but let's read from verse 1. Genesis chapter 9, and God blessed Noah, amen, that's what I want, blessings, amen. God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Two men can't do that, two women can't do that, it takes a male and female, amen, Verse 2 And the fear of you and the terror of you shall be on every beast of the earth and on every bird of the sky, with everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea into your hand, they are given. Every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you. I give you all, I give all to you as I gave the green plant. Verse 4, only you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. Verse 5, and surely I will require your lifeblood. From every beast I will require it. And from every man, from every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever, verse 6, whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God... He made man. Verse 7. And as for you, be fruitful and multiply. There it goes again. Have a lot of babies. It's okay to have a lot of babies. If you want 10 babies, that's fine. 12 babies, that's fine. Three babies, not bad. Populate, <laughs> populate the earth abundantly and multiply in it. That means they had to have sex, in case you didn't realize that. Verse 8. Then God spoke to Noah. And to his sons with him, saying, Now behold, I myself do establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you of all that comes out of the ark, even every beast of the earth. Verse 11, And I I establish my covenant with you and all flesh shall never again be cut off by the water of the flood, neither shall there again be a flood to, a flood to destroy the earth. Okay. There's a lot there, right? We're going to try to summarize it by the grace of God. What is a blessing? Okay, this is how we're going to define a blessing. Look at this. God's favor, his unmerited favor, this has to do with God's grace. God blessing you. Provision and protection. Some blessings are conditional. Some are unconditional. So it's like adoption and afterwards. For example, you adopt a little baby. Oh, sweet little baby. That baby did not do anything. You chose to adopt that baby. That's a blessing. And now, as the baby grows up, if the baby is obedient, there are conditional blessings that come to that baby. If the baby is disobedient, curses will come to that child. But initially, the adoption, that was a blessing that the baby, that was an unconditional love that that baby received. But there's other blessings that are conditional. So that's why I compare it to an adoption and what comes after. Agree Agree with God regarding what a blessing is and is not. We have to remember that. Lord, you need to ask God, God, is this a blessing that I have a friendship with this person? Lord, is this a blessing that I'm doing this type of work? Lord, is this a blessing, the type of music I'm listen to, listening to? Lord, is this a blessing that I'm making money in this way? you got to agree with God. Of what a blessing is and is not. Don't be desensitized by what the world says about blessings and curses. In Jeremiah 17, it says those who put their trust in flesh, they are cursed. But those who trust in the Lord will be blessed. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 through 28, look there with me. Deuteronomy. 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 Chapter 11, verses 26 to 28. Very, very interesting what God says here. We should never forget this. Look what God says to us. See, I am setting before you today. This is Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse you choose. The blessing, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord, your God, Which I am commanding you today, and the curse if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I am commanding you today by following other gods' idol worship, which you have not known. So we need to agree with God and say, Lord, this is a blessing, this is a curse. And don't let the world tell you what a blessing and what a curse is. Because slowly but surely, this is what happened to the kings of Israel. The kings of Israel started to think to have more than one wife is a blessing. Wrong. God said from the beginning that the kings should not have many wives. That's what the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy, as a matter of fact. There's all sorts of things. And maybe we can have... God, and we can have a few other idols, like uh, just in case you get sick or just in case you get tired, I have some other gods that I can depend on. Curses will come. There will be curses. So we got to be careful with that. It's very, very important. Very important. Noahic covenant defined an unconditional covenant that does not depend on Noah or his descendants only upon God's faithfulness, we can know for sure that there will not be another worldwide flood. But according to 2 Peter chapter 3, this earth will be destroyed, not by that stuff, not by water. What an illustration. It's right there, right? Wow. On cue, they just keep coming back and splashing the water. This is not what's going to destroy the earth next time. It will be fire, according to 2 Peter Chapter 3, God blesses us for the purpose of multiplying those blessings in order to bless the next generation. This is what blessings and covenants are all about, just in case you had any questions. God thinks ahead, and the devil does too. God was thinking ahead for Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. and the ne- He was thinking ahead. Don't eat from this tree, Adam. Don't eat from this tree, Eve. It will bring forth death. Meanwhile, the devil is also thinking okay, if this couple makes bad decisions, if Pete and Dee make bad decisions, that will have a negative effect on Daniel, on Raina, on my grandchildren. So when you make a covenant and when you understand what a blessing is, it will have a positive effect on the next generation. Why did Israel wander in the desert for 40 years? Why? Well, according to Deuteronomy chapter 29, verses 2 and 5, it says that they didn't understand, they didn't have ears to hear about blessings, and they did not have eyes to see properly. When you start when you see somebody who grew up in church for years, right? And then all of a sudden you hear, oh, did you hear? Did you hear he left his wife? Did you hear that she left her husband? Did you hear that she's on drugs now? Did you hear that he's not a pastor anymore? According to Deuteronomy 21, these people start to wander in places that they shouldn't be because they don't have ears to hear God anymore. Their eyes cannot see clearly into the spiritual realm anymore, and they don't have understanding. They don't really understand what a blessing is. That's why. So you have to pray for them. According to Deuteronomy chapter 29, verses 2 to 5, read that when you get home. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 that says that we have received every spiritual blessing. God wants to bless us. And 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says that God has given us everything we need for this life. Everything we need. I wish we had time to turn to those, but we have to keep moving. These are important things I want you to hear today. Hatred and murder. Look at verse 6. Let's go back to Genesis. Look at verse 6 of chapter 9. Look at verse 6. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed, for in the image of God he made man. So, if you never murdered anybody, you may read that and say, whew, the Lord ain't talking to me. I'm not guilty of killing anybody, (laughs) thank God. But it's interesting what we're going to read about this, because I want you to know, this is a picture of Cain and Abel. I want you to know that before he killed his brother, before he killed his brother, before he killed his brother, say with me, say before, before, antes, before he killed his brother, he was a murderer. Now you're saying, oh, that's confusing. Wait a I thought he has to do it. Not according to the Bible. I'm going to show you. We're going to look at that. It was, already, it was already in his heart. He was a murderer. He hated his brother. He was jealous of his brother. The devil got control of his heart and mind. He was already a murderer. He, this was premeditated. Let's look at this. Humans are made in God's image. Even though man sinned, we're still made in God's image. That's why there's a death penalty for murder. And the gospel should be shared with a murderer before they have to die. There are ministries. There are people that go into these jails right before someone gets into the electric chair or right before they're hung. They hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think that's good. Because somebody can accept Jesus right before they die. Do you know any Bible stories like that? Yeah, the man on the cross. Jesus said, Today, today you will be with me in paradise. Some people think that's not fair. He lived a wicked life all of his life and right at the last minute. That's the grace of God. And you and I, we don't deserve the grace of God either. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. It's the grace of God. So you got this murderer, you got these thieves. You got these child molesters? They need to hear the gospel. Now, my dad went to Aruba several years ago, and my dad said to me, when he went to Aruba, he said there's hardly any crime there. And it's probably because of what they do to people who commit crimes. (laughs) Wherever Wherever there's a situation where people are treated in a certain way regarding as far as justice is concerned. People start to fear the consequences. And that's what happened in Aruba. Now how Aruba is today, I have no idea. It might be be a horrible place to... to, Murder begins in the mind. Cain's actions were premeditated. Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy families and friendships, and he is desiring to control your thoughts and actions. Look at this. The Bible says everyone who hates his brother is a murderer and no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. If you hate somebody, whoever that person is, think about who that is. Think about her right now. It makes you do this. I don't want to think about her right now that hatred, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. That's why we need to say, Jesus, forgive me for thinking that if I stab somebody, shoot somebody, poison somebody, that that's what makes me a murderer. According to the word of God, if you hate somebody, you're a murderer. Now, pretend it's just you and Jesus in the room right now and just say, Lord, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Jesus. You know who he is. You know who she is. That you just wish if you heard tomorrow morning that person is dead. You'd be ashamed to say, oh, I'd like to have a party. She finally died. Whoever... Hates his brother as a murderer. This is what we want to focus on here. And God says there has to be justice for this. God sees our hearts. He sees our our thoughts towards people. Are you a hypocrite if you show love to someone you don't enjoy being around? God never commands us to like anybody. (laughs) But only to love others. Our feelings fluctuate. So you might say, well, am I a hypocrite? Okay, I feel convicted about hating her. I feel convicted about hating him. Or maybe you don't feel any conviction. Maybe you feel justified for hating them. You need to pray and say, Jesus, help me to love that person the way you love me. If Jesus treated you the way you're treating that person, would you be going to hell or heaven? Don't worry, don't worry. Some of you are thinking, but I can't, I can't love him. I can't love her. No, you're right, you can't do it. But you can do all things through Christ, amen? You can do all things through Christ. So you have to say, Jesus, help me to love them. Help me to show the same mercy you have poured into my life. Help me, Lord, help me, help me. I can't do it, I need you. And he will help you. In Jesus' name, he will help you. But you can't go by your feelings. And you're not a hypocrite if you show them love tomorrow morning because some of you didn't want to get out of bed this morning. You wanted to stay there for two more hours, three more hours. The alarm's going up. <laughs> like, Lord, I just want to sleep a little longer. But you got up out of bed not because you felt like it. You didn't feel like getting out of bed. But you got up, and you're here. So are you a hypocrite for being here just because you didn't feel like getting up? So Jesus will tell you to do things that you don't feel like doing, but you have to say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. I am submitting to you. I I got news for you. Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross, but he submitted to the Father's will. He said, not my will, not my will. He decided to love you. Love is a decision. Don't think love is a feeling. That's what the world tells you. Love is a decision. For as long as we both shall live. Not for as long as we both shall love. For as long as we both shall live, I am committed. Because when you say for as long as we both shall love, then it's like if I feel it, I'll show it to you. It's a decision. You, you decide to love. Agape love is a decision regardless of what we may feel. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 commands us to love each other deeply. And that, that word, in, it's ektene, It means when you're stretching. It's like an athlete. Think of the person that's hard to love. The athlete is running. He's trying to get over the finish line. And he sticks his chest. He's straining to get over the finish line. That's real love, to love each other deeply. That person that's hard to love, Jesus is saying, push yourself. Don't go by your feelings. It's a discipline. It's like an athlete saying, oh, Jesus, I need, I don't feel like it. But show that person love. With this, actene, Stretched or strained love, like an athlete stretching across the finish line. Cain was going by his feelings. And he, instead of deciding to love his brother, even though he was jealous, he decided to kill his brother. But he was a murderer before he actually struck him. It was in his heart already. And God sees your thoughts. But he's forgiving. He wants to forgive us of those nasty thoughts you have towards that person that hurts you years ago. And you might say, you might even say, but the person died. So it's, not, it's no big deal, right? You bring that to the Lord too. You can even say, Lord, if that person was alive, this is what I would write to them. Words of love. Mercy. Grace. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. Different views of signs and symbols. Verses 12 to 17, then we're going to close. Different views of signs and symbols. Genesis chapter 9, 12 to 17, and it reads... And God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I'm making between me and every living creature that is with you for all successive generations. I set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come about when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen uh, in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you, every living creature and all flesh. And never again shall the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the rainbow, the bow, is in the cloud, then I will look upon it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Verse 17, and God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. We are not going to read the whole chapter today because of time. But I want you... To follow me a second. Stay with me, okay? These are different symbols that mean different things. For many, that means that's a Christian symbol. But even symbols are changing today. You got to understand that. So this, to many people, means, oh, you're one of those Christians. You hate Catholics. Oh, you're one of those Christians. Are you Jehovah Witness? Are you Mormon? What are you anyway? But many years ago, this, was a, this just meant Christian, somebody who follows Christ, somebody who, and they did this fish sign because they were fishers of men, and they would, if they were in a public place, they would just make the sign of a fish that would tell the other person, somos hermanos en Cristo. That's all it meant. It was, a, it was to tell people that, the, now this Bible for many people, that means this is not a message of love anymore. For many people, this is, this is a book of condemnation. In the book of China, I mean, in, in the country, in the nation of China, they don't want any more Bibles. This represents not the message of God's love, but something negative. Negative. This means God exists. So atheists will say, I don't want nothing to do with this. This is a book of fables and stories and myths and lies. These are signs that you usually see in restaurants. But in some places, if this is all you have, that means you don't like bisexuals and you don't like transgender people. This has to do with the LGBT group of people. This used to have to do with Noah and the ark and the the rainbow that God put in the sky representing God's covenant, but it means something different now. Let's talk about that a second before we close. We've got we to go through this. In recent years, the rainbow does not symbolize what the Bible intended. Biblically, the rainbow reminds us God is holy. <laughs> because remember, the reason right before he put the rainbow, he brought judgment to the world because God is holy. That's not what that means anymore. God hates sin, and he will not allow sin to go unpunished. The ark represents God providing salvation for us, through Jesus, the rainbow, the ark, it, re- it represented something, but now today it represents something different. It represents a number of other things. Let's, go on, let's look at this. Today the rainbow is used to represent diversity. You'll see that. If you look on the Internet, you'll see a bunch of rainbows. Like, why are all these rainbows? What's going on? It represents diversity and tolerance for sin within the homosexual, bisexual, and non-binary communities. Some of you are thinking, what is non-binary? Non-binary is a person who says, I'm not a man and I'm not a woman. They don't call themselves anything. That's non-binary. That's the world we live in now. It's sad. And then if you say this is not right, they call you a hater? Let me keep going. The word judge is misunderstood in today's world. That's why we have to understand what is a blessing? What is a covenant? What does that really mean according to God? The word judge is misunderstood. First Corinthians 2.15 says we should judge. But what does judge mean? If I say judge not, Jesus said don't judge, you would all agree. But if I were to say the Bible says we should judge, then you have two questions. It's like Wait a minute. Jesus said don't judge, but what, is, what should we do? Well, it's two, they have two different meanings. There's one judge which is condemnation and hatred, and the other judging is discernment between what is right and wrong and giving loving correction that's the difference so the Bible tells you as a Christian to judge say this is wrong if your cousin calls you tomorrow and says I'm getting married she's a girl she's marrying another girl you have to use your judgment in love To correct her and say the Bible says male and female. Jesus defined marriage as a man leaves his father and mother, male and female, and joins with his wife. That's what Jesus said. You're not giving your opinions about this. You go back to what does Jesus say and you tell them in love. In love. Tell the truth in love. Our opinions, our opinions on these issues don't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. Mine doesn't matter. We need to approach these issues boldly with God's message of mercy and truth, according to Psalm 25 and Psalm 85. Here are some rebellious terminologies that we should not embrace as the norm. Here you go. Ready? Here it comes. Atheism which focuses on there's no God of which to have images. There's no God. Number two, evolution. The cosmos, which is the universe that has order and design, the cosmos is all that there ever was and all that there ever will be. There's no God. That's what the atheists say, uh, evolutionists say, the evolutionists. Number three, secularism, the way of enlightenment, is complete institutional godlessness. They don't want God in it at all. Secularism. Now, the LGBT, which you'll see all over the Internet, it's influencing all sort of stuff, all pictures and symbols of the king of kings must be torn down and replaced. So if I say, I hate fitness, the Reset Fitness Center, I'm going to tear down every sign. I'm going to tear all of this down because it represents the people that own this place. This is what this group does. Anything that represents the love of Jesus for his bride, the church. A man loving his wife. A wife loving her husband. The way God set it up to be. A mother and father raising their children. The LGBT, they come along and says, let's tear down anything that has to do with glorifying God through male and female. That's what, that's, that's, that's what they do. So let's, this is our last slide. Second Timothy chapter 3 talks about the wicked days we're living in. It's darker, so we need to be shining brighter in this world. You were going to say something, hon? What happened? Okay, thank you. D was reminding me to tell you what the LGBT. L is for lesbian. G is for gay. By the way, the Bible doesn't call it gay. The Bible calls it homosexuals. But again, they're trying to change your mind about it to give you the impression that they are gay and that they're happy, but there's somebody who wrote a book, they did research, the title of the book, write this down, look up this book because I read it years ago, it's entitled The Unhappy Gays by Tim LaHaye. The Unhappy Gays, you must read that to have a better understanding of the homosexual community. Lesbian, gay, B is bisexual. T is transgender. LBGT. LGBT. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. But they've added some things to it. There's one that they call queer. They're just getting more and more queer. This is getting more and more strange with this, more and more dark. It's more and more dark, but we should be shining with the message of mercy and truth. Loving them, but telling them the truth about sin and the Savior we have. As we close, look with me in 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter, and we'll close with this, okay? Thank you for your patience. As you can tell, it's a lot to cover. I couldn't even cover the whole chapter of, of, uh, of Genesis chapter 9. But 2 Peter, look with me, look with me. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 to 7, and this is what it says. Know this first of all, know this first of all, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. And when they maintain this, for when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long before, long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But then look at verse 7 with me. But the present heavens and earth, by, the, by his word, are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Peter compares the days of Noah to what's happening in this wicked world, what's going on today with these different symbols. So, these are some ways that we can shine and be aware and be prayerful for one another, okay? Be careful of music and media. There are producers, directors, and songwriters who are trying to attack the minds of adults and children. They have an agenda. There's times when I go into the restaurant with my family and they have things up on the screen. It's happened to you too. You have your children in the restaurant and you're like, but you have nowhere to go. It's like, where do you go, right? It's like, okay, we go into the other room. What do we do? I've had to go to the manager, especially if there's nowhere else to eat. I say, can you please put on some sports or can you please put on some cartoons? But then even some of the cartoons are crazy. It's like, Lord, what do we do? But you ask the Lord for wisdom and be bold to protect your family. Be bold. And YouTube commercials. My daughter was watching YouTube the other day, and a homosexual commercial came on, and the Lord reminded me. He says, just don't send your daughter into the room. You just send the kids into the room. Now we have some privacy, babe. And so there she is, watching YouTube. But we need to guard our house. The Bible says our children should be innocent about what is evil, wise about what is good. That's not my opinion. The Bible says that. So we need to be very careful of what we're exposing them to because it starts to get them desensitized like the boiling frog. You've got to be careful. It's our responsibility. California laws people have left because of coming judgment in California. Let me give you some details as we close. As we close, reasons for judgment. I was listening to an evangelist and he was praying for California. God put a heavy burden on his heart for California. And these are some of the reasons. Sins of Hollywood. That makes sense, doesn't it? Silicon Valley, you IT people, listen up to this, IT people. Silicon Valley, the big tech is censoring Christians and God is going to judge them for it. They're trying to censor Bible teach. There's a day coming When this type of preaching will not be allowed because the big tech people are going to control what goes on, who hears what type of messages. Let me keep going. Legislature, where laws are made, the courts, the decisions in the courts, God is going to send judgment, but we need to pray for California for their salvation. We're not supposed to hate these people. But we need to warn them about coming judgment, just like Jonah had to cry out in the city of Nineveh. Governor Jerry Brown of California left office in 2018, but he signed more than 1,016 laws within one year. So then your question is, what type of laws? Look at this. Here's examples of some of the laws he signed. Number one, homosexual history must be taught in the public schools. Number two, options on driver's license. You need to have male, female, or non-binary. You got it. That's an option on the, on the license, driver's license. The same thing's going to happen in Mexico. The same thing is going to happen here. Get ready. It's going to happen. In Ontario, Canada, it's happening already. It's already happening. Allowing sex on birth certificate to be changed so you could take your birth certificate and say, I'm not a man anymore. I'm not a woman anymore. This is a law that he signed. This is why judgment must come to a place like this. Number four, limit what pastors can say about homosexuality. We will be put in jail very soon for preaching messages like this. Number four, counseling to change to heterosexual is outlawed. So if a homosexual accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and reads in the Bible, I've been in sin. Lord, forgive me. And he needs some counseling. He needs some biblical counseling. In California, they want it to be against the law, and they may have already passed this law. If they want to switch to being a heterosexual, you can't do it. Look at this. My body, my choice slogan doesn't apply to those who want to turn to a heterosexual lifestyle. So if they want to switch to a heterosexual lifestyle, you can't. But if you're a heterosexual and you want to become a homosexual, that's okay. That's what's going on in California. Number six. No selling of books that say that homosexuality is a sin. California. Adultery is wrong. But same-sex adultery is not wrong. So in the courts, if you say, I committed adultery with that woman, that's horrible. But if I say, I, had a, I, I committed adultery with this man, bien hecho. This is in California. This is what this, is what this guy Jerry Brown signed. He was signing off on this. Number eight, mandatory sexual harassment education to protect homosexuals. Number nine, it's a crime to use a straw, but it's okay to kill an unborn baby. That's a law. This is just some of them. There's 1,000, over 1,000 of them. This is just a few. Abortion is called choice and not murder. Mexico and Israel have similar ideologies in their cities right right now, very similar. You know, they have homosexual marches through this city. When we were visiting Israel two or three years ago, there was thousands of homosexuals marching through the streets of Jerusalem. Let's pray for boldness to shine and share the message of mercy and truth in these final days. Don't become like that frog that starts boiling. So I want want you to know something as we close in prayer right now. Don't be surprised. When you know what the Bible says, but you don't feel it's that bad, don't be surprised. That's what happened to the kings of Israel who allowed idol worship to go on. And then somebody like Gideon had to come along and said, this is wrong. Somebody like Josiah had to come along and say, this is wrong. Hezekiah had to come along. This is not right. But many kings allowed it because they went by their feelings instead of what does God's word say about this? Somebody needs to hear this, and I don't know who it is. Maybe next year you'll say, oh, that's what he was talking about. Maybe next year, a cousin who professes to know Jesus is going to say, I'm having a homosexual marriage. I want you to come. Bible says if somebody professes to know Jesus and they're still practicing sin, the Bible says avoid them. I didn't say it. The Bible says it. Romans chapter 16 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Titus chapter 1, Titus chapter 3, I just gave you several passages where God says these people that profess, there are churches, I don't know if it's in this city, there are churches in the United States that have rainbows in front of their church letting people know it's okay. We have a pastor that's a homosexual. It's okay. Okay. This is going on. So you're saying, this is? I never heard this. God wanted you to know how dark it's getting and how we need to be shining like stars with the message not of hatred, but mercy and truth. Tell them the truth in love. Very soon, some of you in this room are going to have to look another so-called Christian in the eye and say, this is wrong. I can't fellowship with you anymore. Now, why would the Bible say that? That doesn't sound loving. The Bible says that when you do that, it is really for the purpose of restoration because when they see there's consequences to their sin, it's possible that they will repent. Or it's possible that they were never really saved to begin with. Only God knows. But we need to do things God's way. Stand up for what's right. If you want to follow the Lord and do things his way and shine for him, stand to your feet. Let's all stand at this time. If you want to shine in the darkness. Hold somebody's hand. (sighs) Father, I confess to you that I was sad to see all the rain come down, but you brought your people here, so I thank you. I was sad when I saw the rain come down, But it's a reminder of the flood that you sent many years ago. And the next time you judge this world, it'll be because of fire that you'll send. And then there'll be a new heavens and a new earth. But until then, it is not your will that any perish, Lord. Hallelujah. And there are homosexuals, transgender, bisexuals, murderers, thieves, child molesters who need salvation. And we cry out to you to save them, Lord. The Apostle Paul said, some of you were that way, but now you're saved, now you're washed. Hallelujah. Give us a heart of compassion for these people. Some of us know, some of us may have relatives and we refuse to talk to them. But if they're not saved, they need somebody to talk to them. But if they still profess to know the Lord and they're going into these churches infecting the sheep who Jesus died for, we should not fellowship with them. But if they don't know Jesus, we have to go to them. How can they hear without a preacher? Send us, Lord. Give us a heart of love. Maybe it's a Christian that is a If They say they're a Christian. They're practicing homosexuality, but nobody ever went to them to share with them the truth in love. The Word of God says if you go once and then if you go twice and then they don't listen... Then avoid them. Maybe you need to give that that so-called Christian, give them a chance to hear the truth, but tell them the truth in love. Who is that person? Is she a lesbian? Is that what she calls herself? Did she get abused when she was little and, and she feels confused about her sexuality and you have accepted it? Jesus can change that person. And she can become a new creature in Christ. Jesus can change that young man who's confused. He's taking drugs right now because he feels guilty. He knows it's wrong. He's trying not to believe in God because he doesn't want to feel guilty. He needs the message of mercy and truth. Righteousness and peace, forgiveness, eternal life, hope. Lord, fill us with your spirit. You said we will shine like stars in the universe. Help us to shine in these dark and evil days. Pray for the person next to you that God will use them. Pray for yourself. Maybe somebody came to your mind. That you're concerned about, pray for them. Maybe there's a pastor that you know that's compromising. Pray for that pastor. It's all in the church, folks. I just heard about a camp that somebody sent their child to not long ago, and they were molested at the Christian camp. We have to be careful of where we send our children. And don't worry about hurting people's feelings. If Jesus, Jesus is the one you're going to stand in front of one day regarding how did you protect your son? How did you protect your daughter? We're in the last days. If they call themselves Christian, if it's a Christian counselor, you better ask some specific questions. We are living in some dark days. Jesus, help us. Jesus, forgive us for not taking some of these things more seriously. Forgive us for being self righteous and looking at sinners with disdain instead of remembering the mercy we have received. Help us to love them like you loved that lady caught in adultery. You said, I don't condemn you, but you need to go and stop sinning. That was sin. You need to follow me. Mercy and truth. Father, thank you for this time. Bless every person here. Help us to be bold to do what you've told us to do. And if people don't applaud what we say and what we do, help us to be satisfied with the applause of heaven and not to be men-pleasers. Help me as a pastor to preach the truth, even if it's just me standing here. Help us, Jesus. Help us as husbands, as wives, and as parents, as friends, as sons and daughters to represent you well, so that we can hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Now, by the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and fellowship of the Spirit, be with each precious person here, now and forever. Let's sing a benediction song at this time hope that message was a blessing to you. Feel free to pass it on to someone who needs to hear it. And if you want to know more about having a relationship with Christ, check out our website at www.graceintruthgdl.org. And remember, so many are looking for real love and power in this life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God bless you.